Welcome everyone to Fantasy Foresight, the podcast. We're your hosts and co-founders of FantasyForesight.com, coming to you from the Rambo Fixture Company Studios. I'm Ben. And I'm Jay. You ready to get rolling, Jay? You know it. Let's do this. All right, let's go. Welcome in, everyone. It is Thursday, December 10th. We've got our guy Steve at FF underscore Encyclopedia back with us. We've got a whole new list of buys and sells versus their aggregate projections heading into the fantasy playoffs in week 14. Then we'll round out the episode with Steve's speculative stashes. And once again, Fantasy Foresight, the podcast is live. How are you doing tonight, Jay? Oh, Ben, you know, we have talked about it, at least I've talked about it, how this this season has been a struggle at times. It has just been bonkers in some weeks. But to actually be in the fantasy playoffs now, staring down the tunnel and seeing the light at the end, I'm starting to get a little bit sad, man. We only have a couple weeks left of this crazy (laughs) season. I can't believe it. So, Steve, how are you doing tonight? Doing very well. Um, As I alluded to before we got on, very happy to be down in my basement talking some fantasy football with you guys. And um, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Happy to be on (laughs) as always, guys. And, uh, you know, it should be a lot of fun tonight. And yeah, a a little sad. We only have uh, a couple left after this. Indeed, it's been a crazy ride. Yes, uh, quick disclaimer before we get started. If this is your first time listening, just know that we're speaking in terms of single QB full PPR redraft by default. And all of our fantasy finishes as well as fantasy points per game calculations are all based on full PPR limited to weeks one through 16, according to fantasypros.com. All right. We have, just like you, the guys said, just a couple more of these lists of buys and sells for you, and it is in the all-important playoffs for almost every format out there starting this week and week 14. So you've got a lot of important decisions to make, and hopefully we can help you navigate a few. First up... Hey, hey, wait you, a minute. Wait one second. Whoa. Don't you dare start this week's picks without discussing last week's results yeah thank you i i honestly <laughs> forgot about it sorry foresight jay led the week at eight and two last week and now he is over 500 for the Woo! first time all season jay's on a heater 72 on the year um i was in i was the worst last week at six and four whatever it's fine <laughs> and then everybody else was seven seven and three total foresight steve and trav uh so on the year total foresight 61 percent winning percentage 90 and 57 overall uh i am right behind at 88 and 59 then we've got steve at 84 and 63 and then jay at 75 and 72 i'm coming for uh, you trav- guys two weeks left you better watch out <laughs> Get it together. Trav still has a, a, a 61% winning percentage, but his numbers are all off because there was a couple of weeks that he missed, a couple of weeks that he got you know, some of them in, but not all of them in, and so on and so forth. But with us, Total Foresight is, of course, winning. And then amongst the three of us on this podcast, of course, I'm winning. Not of course, just kidding. So moving on to our anything It doesn't else matter how you before. start, Ben. It matters how you finish. And no one's been hotter than Foresight J the last few weeks. Excellent, excellent work coming back from the terrible, <laughs> terrible start that you laid out for yourself. Glad to see you back on I track like, there. I like, I like Better the late than never. Role. Yeah, better late than never. That's, That's right. right. Anything else? No, sir? now you may proceed. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate no it. No problem. 
So if you don't know, you need to ask somebody. We've been on this guy for over a year now, Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. The Titans are on the road at Jacksonville Sunday at 1 p.m. Vegas likes the Titans as a a 7.5-point favorite with an over-under of 53. Aggregate projection on this guy is QB14. Total foresight is, of course, buying. We have him at QB8. He has the second-best quarterback foresight strength of schedule. And at pro football focus, he has the the 10th – I'm sorry, the Tennessee O-line has the fourth-best pass block advantage. And we know Ryan Tannehill runs the ball. They have the sixth-best run block advantage as well. And then as far as his individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grades, A.J. Brown has the eighth-best and his tight end, Fersker, has the 18th-ranked tight end matchup grade, neither here nor there. Uh, weather's going to be a non-factor. It's going to be 70, 75 and sunny there. Man, why are we in Ohio? Uh, <laughs> over the last three weeks, Tannehill has been QB6, QB9, and QB4. And during that three-week span, the only quarterbacks who scored more total points were Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, and yes, Kirk Cousins. Coming off a tough loss to the Browns and against that Jacksonville secondary and that an aggregate projection of just quarterback 14, yeah, I'm definitely buying our guy Tannehill this week. Easy. Love it, man. I love my guy A.J. Brown with the eighth best uh, wide receiver DB matchup this week. He should have a nice game. That's going to open up Corey Davis, too, to have some nice breakout plays. It's all there for Ryan Tannehill this week. As you said, he's on a heater just like Foresight J the last few weeks, as Steve said. So, uh, yeah, I'm all in on Ryan Tannehill to best a QB 14 finish this week against Jacksonville. I'm, I'm a little more torn than you guys are, and here's the reason why. Ryan Tannehill, when he played this team in week two, he only threw for a pedestrian 239 yards and four touchdowns. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was highly efficient, you know, and that's pretty much uh, the story of Ryan Tannehill since yep. he took over as the Titans quarterback last season, what week seven of 2019. Um, so it's really hard to bet against him. My, in all seriousness, my only concern would be, as Benny said, they're coming off a, a kind of an embarrassing loss to the Browns. They couldn't establish a running game. I really think if they want to help their secondary out, help them gain a little bit of confidence. You need to establish the ground game with Derrick Henry, get that reestablished, just help the team all around. So that would be my only fear. But like I said, when they played this team in week two, it didn't take a whole lot of volume or yardage for Ryan Tannehill to still find his way to four touchdowns. So that being said, it is really hard to want to sell against a quarterback 14 finish. So I will buy as well on this one. And Steve, the lovely thing is they're starting to throw the ball more to DH out of the backfield. So, you know, you might be safe even if they try to get him more involved. Well, at this point, I just want Ryan Tannehill to finish better than quarterback 14. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We've got our next buy heading into week 14 with the nine and three Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb. I'm sorry, Ben. The I think br- you misspoke. You said the ben- the Browns were nine and three. No, I did not misspeak that can't at be, all. The that can't Browns be true. are nine and three, with I believe tied for the third best record in the NFL. Um, yeah, the Browns. What world uh, am I living in? 
Oh, it's the one of the most 2020 things about this year for <laughs> sure. Uh, but the Browns are at home on Monday Night Football versus the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are a one-point favorite on the road with an over under a 46-and-a-half. The aggregate projection for Nick Chubb is RB12. Total foresight is buying that. We currently have him as RB9. He has the best running back foresight strength of schedule this week, and the Cleveland O-line has the seventh best run block advantage. Uh, Nick Chubb has been better than running back 12 in three of four weeks since he returned from injury in week 10. And the one time in week 11 that he didn't hit running back 12, he still rushed for 114 yards that day. I'm buying Nick Chubb. I'm buying the Browns to keep it going. And I'm buying them to get that win against Baltimore on Monday Night Football. Let's go, baby. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. This is for the second week in a row. Maybe the Browns have the game that I've circled on the schedule. Last week it was them against the Titans, two teams with playoff implications, and the Browns really came out and made a statement in the first half against the Titans. This week they play. They face a a Ravens team that really kind of embarrassed them earlier in the season. They and the Steelers were two of the ugly Browns losses. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come out. If they can redeem themselves against this Baltimore Ravens team, who's been a little reeling the last several weeks. They did pick up a win last week, but you know, it's all about the Browns now coming out and, and making good on showing improvement over their first matchup. And if they're going to do that, you would have to imagine that they're going to have to establish the run and that's going to circle around. Nick Chubb so you know my only hesitancy is that RB12 is a little bit of an expensive price point but you know we've discussed over the course of this season how how kind of thin the running back position is right now so for that reason and the fact that Nick Chubb is the focal point in this rushing attack the Browns are going to have to establish the run in order to take down Baltimore which you would think that they're desperate to do I'm going to go ahead and buy Nick Chubb and his price point of RB12. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I first looked at um, RB12, I thought, man, that is so hard to want to buy or, or sell against that. That right. is like, right. that is right there. Well, there's not and, much room um, for error. You know, and, and then you start looking back at week one, you're like, well, he had 10 totes for 60 yards. It's pretty productive. But then you're also like, mm, that was – like it seems like 20 years ago at this point in time. So you can almost throw that one right out the window. And then, you you know, you just think like what makes the Cleveland Browns successful week to week as a football team. And, um, you know, it's not Riggins squeak toy in the background, but it it is uh, just getting those running backs involved and mainly Nick Chubb. We've seen Nick Chubb have a complete backfield takeover at this point in time at the position. Like like there is no longer a, um, Nick Chubb, 1A, Kareem Hunt, 1B situation. It is straight up Nick Chubb's show, as it, and he, as it should be, and he's proven to do quite well in that situation. So, you know, given the fact that, uh, you know, I think uh, Roto World just put out something about how Baker Mayfield's been playing out of his mind whenever the Browns do play action, it is in the Browns' best interest to run the ball early and often to Nick Chubb, who is just an absolute stud, and let Baker Mayfield do his thing off of those play action passes. So, and one last thing, Jay, to your point, Given all the injuries we have, I mean, we have no CMC once again this weekend. Uh, all the injuries at the running back position, with how thin the position is in fantasy football right now, you know, uh, running back 12 seems high. But then when you start to talk yourself through it, 
Doesn't seem that high for a guy like Nick Chubb. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and buy uh, Chubb finishing better than RB12 this week. Yep, so far can't disagree with total foresight. I have a feeling one or both of you might on this next one. We'll have to see. Next up, we have got the wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett. The Seahawks are at home versus the New York Jets Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Uh, the Seahawks are a 13-and-a-half point at Vegas, and the over-under is 47. And the aggregate projection for Tyler Lockett is wide receiver 13. Total foresight is buying that. We have him at wide receiver 10 this week. Tyler Lockett and the wide receivers for the Seahawks have the best wide receiver foresight strength to schedule this week. Seattle O-line has just the 20th ranked pass block advantage, neither here nor there. Tyler Lockett has the fifth best individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grade this week. Um, it's going to be 49 and 80% chance of rain, according to the Weather Channel app. So uh, that weather will be something to keep your eye on. Surprisingly enough, Tyler Lockett has been has only been wide receiver 13 or better four of 12 times this season. But if the Seahawks offense can't get right at home versus the Jets this week, then I'll be shocked, honestly. So between that and the strong positional and individual matchup grades Lockett has this week, I believe this will be the fifth time Lockett finishes as wide receiver 13 or better. So it will be a buy for me as well in week 14. You know, in my mind, it's, you know, Tyler Lockett's been been very boomer bust this week this season. So is this going to be a Tyler Lockett game or a DK Metcalf game? Like you said, they should be able to move the ball. They should be able to score points and get right on offense. It's just, am I going to bet that it's Tyler Lockett's day to shine in this offense? Besting WR13. You mentioned how few a times it's happened so far this season. So I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to sell this one and bet against Tyler Lockett being the guy and finishing in the top 12 at his position this week. Ooh, yeah, Tyler Lockett. He has So he's had games this season where he's smashed and busted oh, yeah. in, in plus matchups. He's smashed and busted in a tough matchups. And so, you know, you look at this one, you think, well, this is definitely a get-right game for the Seahawks. The matchup is just gorgeous, but flip a coin, pretty much, and and that's what's really tough um, about this one. So I can't blame you, Jay, for you know going against the grain on this one. It's it's not like wide receiver thirteen's a, a very you know easy um, finish to achieve. It's definitely going to take a nice statistical output in order to get there. But that being said. I do feel like Lockett's due. I feel like this offense is due. And my goodness, guys, if there is a, a secondary in the NFL that you pick on and that you throw the ball against, I mean, the, the Jets have they have a somewhat admirable run defense, given the fact that they haven't won a game and it's a dumpster fire there in the Meadowlands. But you can throw the ball all over the yard. And I do think that that is what Seattle is going to do to get right. And I think both Lockett and DK will finish as WR1s this week. So um, really cheesy, pun intended. Lock it up. He's finishing as a WR, <laughs> WR1 this week. Steve, Ben, come on. <laughs> you got to learn a lesson from your friend Jay here. 25 and five, or 23 and five over the last three weeks. You got to listen to me. It makes too much sense. That's what you should learn from this season. When it makes too much sense, it's not going to happen. 
Well, see, that's the thing. I don't think it's necessarily a lock it up type of decision to <laughs> say that Lockett is going to be wide receiver 13 or better. I, I really Let's did see. just want to say that. <laughs> I, I love it. I had to repeat it and keep it going. Um, but I, like Steve said, I think he's due. And I think the Seattle yeah. Seahawks are due. And I think they are. Yes. They're frustrated and they're at home versus the Jets and they just fired Greg Williams. So I mean, I'm with I, you. The the Jets have been putting up uh, more of a fight than people have been getting them giving them credit for week in and week out over the past several weeks. Uh, but I, I just think even if this is a closer game than it should be, the offense is still going to be cooking on on with Seattle. Logic so. would tell you that all of that is accurate, which is why, which is exactly why it's not going to happen. Okay, yeah, we'll see what happens <laughs> and. Uh, uh, next up, we have got another wide receiver for you, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, rookie Justin Jefferson. Uh, the Vikes are on the road at Tampa Bay Sunday at 1. That's going to be an awesome game. Tampa Bay is a 6.5-point favorite with an over-under of 51.5. The aggregate projection for Justin Jefferson this week is wide receiver 25. Total foresight is buying that. We have him as wide receiver 6 overall. He has the sixth best wide receiver foresight strength to schedule this week. And the Minnesota offensive line has the 15th ranked pass block advantage. And Justin Jefferson himself has the 13th best individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grade this week. Uh, weather's a non-factor. It's going to be sunny in 81 in Tampa. Uh, and Justin Jefferson has finished as wide receiver 25 or better. Six out of 12 times this season, and in the last five weeks, he's hit or exceeded that mark four out of the last five times. And whether in a competitive game or in garbage time, I fully expect Jefferson to beat wide receiver 25 once again. Bye for me. Okay, a little bit of a different story now from Tyler Lockett. I like the efficiency, uh, the percentage where it's a 50-50 perspe- uh, a chance of him besting this. And the, like you said, the recent trend is he's been bettering those numbers and those metrics. It's a good matchup for him. And he only has to beat WR25 instead of Tyler Lockett's WR13. For So for those reasons, I'm going to go ahead and buy Justin Jefferson as beating WR25 in his aggregate projection this week. Oh, yeah, I'm right there too. Uh, this this is a, a smash buy for me. Um, you know, you look at it throughout the season. Tampa Bay's opponents they've they've averaged 38 pass attempts against Tampa Bay, and that's in large part because you cannot run the ball against Tampa Bay. So I feel like you can almost throw Dalvin Cook out the window in this one. Um, they're going to have to abandon the run game because it's not going to get them anywhere. You go back to the start of 2019, Tampa Bay has – they've barely given up three yards a carry. So it's just, you know, throw it out the window, can't run the ball. And you look at what Kirk Cousins has done this season. When he gets something above a pedestrian 26-27 pass attempt – he, like he eats, you know, he ends up having like around 300 yards and two to three touchdowns. So to me, especially given the offense that Minnesota's playing and the defense Minnesota has, I don't see how this one isn't, I mean, you have, you have the 51 and a half point over under, I mean, there's going to be points scored and um, Justin Jefferson guys, he, he, this guy barely had targets the first couple of weeks of the season in 10 games. He has, he has over a thousand yards as a rookie in the NFL. He's having like a historical rookie season. Dude's got four games left to play too. 
um, he could very well challenge for the most yards ever by a rookie wide receiver. So, um, man, I, I have to buy. I, I love the total foresight rank of wide receiver six. It's very aggressive, but I don't think that's far-fetched at all given this matchup and just given everything that's on the plate and on or everything that's being set on the table for this one. There we go. Hey, hey, yeah. uh, hey Ben and well, Steve, you know who's not going to beat a projection of WR25 this week? Jalen Rager. Yeah. I was just going to say, you've got a lot more problems in Philadelphia. Jay's an Eagles fan uh, going on than just the wide receiver position. Well, hey, maybe if they had Justin Jefferson to throw the ball to, they wouldn't be having these problems. I was going to say, Jay's been lamenting their decision to pass on Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager uh, all offseason long. If only they had a guy like, say, uh, Mr. Barry to pick players for. Mm, uh, You mm, know. mm, mm. Uh, where is he now? Hmm. Where Nine is to three, he? how sweet it is. Uh, <laughs> moving on to our last buy of the week. Riggins, please stop. Hey, chewing hey real quick before you dive toy. in. You said Justin Jefferson has over 1,000 yards. How many yards does Jalen Rager have receiving this so far this season? That divided uh, by 10? Yeah, I was going to say not that. Okay, not, not as bad. Just, just throw that, that out okay. there. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yes, your love for Justin Jefferson is well documented Thank on this you. podcast. Thank I was going to make sure of it. I was one step <laughs> ahead of you there. All right, our last buy this week heading into the playoffs in Week 14 is Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Eric Ebron. The Steelers are on the road on Sunday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a two and a half point favorite. The over under is forty six and a half. All Ebron has to do is beat an aggregate projection of tight end 15 this week. Total foresight is buying that. We have him as tight end five this week. He's got the second best foresight strength of schedule. The Pittsburgh O-line has the eighth best pass block advantage. Uh, Now, Eric Ebron is listed at Pro Football Focus with just the 23rd ranked tight end matchup grade this week. So we'll have to see how that goes. Weather's going to be a non-factor clear in 48. Ebron has been tight end 15 or better seven of 12 times. Times this season and the bills will certainly be able to move the, the ball against even the likes of Pittsburgh's defense. Plus big Ben leads the league in pass attempts, averaging 40 per game. Thus, I expect there to be well enough volume for Ebron to turn in a starter worthy week at the tight end position. So I'll definitely buy him beating tight end 15. You know what? I'm going to make this very simple. I'm going with total foresight. We have them ranked as the second best strength of schedule this week. And after looking at our defensive metrics last week, which led all of Fantasy Pro's rankings last week, I'm going with our metric over pro football focus. So I'm putting it on the line. I'm going with total foresight. Let's go. I, I don't know, guys. Mike Tomlin was talking about like, hey, if you can't catch the ball, I'm going to put people in there that can. Now, to be fair, that wasn't targeted directly at Eric Ebron. It's pretty much like the entire Pittsburgh Steelers pass catching team. Basically, everyone was dropping the ball Monday night, but that gives me a little bit of concern. But at the end of the day, tight end 15 should be a pretty easy smash spot for a uh, Eric Ebron, who, you know, I was looking at, he has 11 or more PPR points in six or seven games. He's had target counts of eight, five, six, six, seven, 11, and 11 during those games. And Ben, you spoke to it. Big Ben, they're throwing the ball at an outrageous clip. 
And, uh, I, you know, I really don't care. And we'll talk about this guy here in a little bit, but I don't care that James Conner is going to be coming back. Cause I really don't think that's going to suddenly turn Pittsburgh into a run heavy team. Targets will be there. I don't see any way this guy doesn't finish as a, you know, tight end one, thus smashing a tight end 15 finish. So anyone out there who wants to roll uh, Eric Ebron out into their lineup, like a uh, good old doc in our league of record playing me in the playoffs. <laughs> You should do so. Indeed. Yes, sir. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Eric Ebron's teammate, and uh, we will get to him in just a second, sir. Uh, but first up, we have got our first sell of the week. And again, sometimes we're not saying don't play a guy, but just a little bit of managed expectations. We're talking about Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady. Uh, like we talked about with Justin Jefferson at home versus the Vikes. Uh, Tampa Bay is a six and a half point favorite. Nice over under a 51 and a half. The aggregate projection for Tom Brady this week, QB1 overall. Total foresight is selling that. We have him as a QB1, just not the QB1. He's our QB10 heading into this week. Uh, he has the 13th ranked quarterback foresight strength to schedule this week. Uh, the Tampa Bay O-line does have the best pass block advantage at pro football focus. And Chris Godwin, if he's a go, has the second best individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grade. AB has the sixth best. And Mike Evans, if he can go, has the 27th. Uh, Gronk has the fourth best tight end matchup grade. They might have to rely heavily on him. Uh, he's another smash play at the tight end position this week um but back to tom brady tb12 has been the qb1 overall just one time this season even coming off a bye even versus the vikings this team has not at all looked like they're hitting on all cylinders over the last couple weeks like you'd need like you'd need to be to turn in a qb1 overall week uh and i mentioned the injuries at the wide receiver position that he's dealing with right now uh so i'm gonna roll with the odds total foresight and the field at the quarterback position and sell tb12 as the QB one overall this week. I'll tell you what, if Tom Brady was still in New England, the old man, you know, getting into some cold weather games, I'd be worried about the arm strength and whether or not he was going to be able to be accurate and push the ball downfield. But there's a reason he retired to Florida. It's going to be sunny at 81 in Tampa this weekend. It's beautiful for the old man. He's going to be feeling loosey goosey, ready to go. But yeah, QB one, can I buy him at QB 10? but sell him at QB1, I like those numbers. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I think he's going to have a fine day, maybe not fall off at the end of the season like some may expect, but uh, QB1, that's just, I mean, you know, I can't bet on anybody to be finished number one. I'm selling. Oh, come on, Jay. This is your I favorite quarterback of all time. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can, we got the GOAT coming off a much-needed bye week, coming off back-to-back tough three-point losses against really, you know, really good Rams and Chiefs uh, teams. But, you know, like you alluded to, you you take the field whenever, yeah. you know, it comes, when it that. comes to taking – and we've talked about this before in other podcasts. Like, at least you guys know me. I'll just never – take anybody pretty much if they're projected to finish it the one at the position because it's so difficult to do there's so much variation um from player to player position to position and while while i do think like you guys said brady he'll have a fine day he's somebody you should definitely have in your starting lineup unless you somehow are fortunate enough to have a better option um you're going to start him in this one but 
you know, QB one, I have to sell that, you know, all day long. And if he proves me otherwise, you know, Hey, good for him. It was a much needed game for him and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. It's all about managed expectations. And this is a, you know, a very important week as far as roster construction goes. And just, I don't think you can be expecting like the, you know, 30, 40 point, whatever your league format is, QB1 overall smash performance from him this week. It'll be a fine startable QB1 performance, but uh, just make sure you know what to expect. Um, Steve alluded to this guy a little bit ago when he was talking about Eric Ebron. And uh, so our next sell this week is Pittsburgh Steelers running back James Conner. Again, Pittsburgh is at Buffalo on Sunday night football. Buffalo is a two and a half point favorite over under is 46 and a half. The aggregate projection for James Conner is RB 12 total foresight. Now, Uh, you know, the cold, hard truth. We consider snaps and things of that nature. Uh, We currently have James Conner's RB 58. So, you know, the big thing to note there is just the large disparity between the projection and the total foresight rank. Uh, You know, it's just a big red flag. On top of that, you have the second worst running back foresight strength to schedule for Conner this week. And at pro football focus, the Pittsburgh offensive line is the 17th ranked run block advantage uh the weather is going to be clear in 48 non-factor and you know well we've got a nice history a long history of uh back and forth with james connor on this podcast (laughs) it's been a while since james connor's been on this podcast he's back this week uh for the steelers after recovering from covid and as a browns fan i can tell you that covid definitely had an impact on miles garrett last week in his first week back and that seemed to be a trend around the league this season uh whether pittsburgh is even willing and planning on immediately thrusting connor back in a bell cow role uh is in question even of itself then even if that's the route they go i'm not convinced he'll be able to live up to that rb10 in his first week back so i i have to sell for sure you know what i'm looking at james connor's fantasy finishes over over the course of the season and he had some monster games week two three five and six but since week six His highest output, at least in our league of record, is 15 points with the last three games that he was in finishing with 4, 6, and 12 points. So, you know, not some great games. And like you said, Ben, he's coming off a layoff. I don't know what he's been doing for the layoff. He could be coming in 10 pounds heavier. I don't, who knows with the layoff and with the way COVID may affect him. And I'm, I obviously he's okay. So I'm, I'm happy about that, but you know, I, I'm very nervous. It's against a Buffalo defense on the road that is good against the run. So I just don't expect much from James Conner. I know there's a bunch of Pittsburgh Steeler fans out there who weren't happy with the way Benny Smell looked. Benny Snell smelled last week. So they've been itching for James Conner to come back, but I just don't know if he's going to be that vast improvement that they're hoping for at least this week. So I'm going to go ahead and sell James Conner against his price tag of RB10. Yeah, this is one where, you know, when I was looking over the, the uh, um, notes Benny sent out before we hopped on, you know, I thought – well, you know, they're really going to want to establish a running game. They threw the ball like 53 times this past Monday night. I think as a team, they ran the ball like 14 for 21, which you can't win in the NFL doing that. So, you know, I'm like, they're going to try to establish the run. They're going to, and then I'm like, eh, you, don't overthink this one. 
you sell James Conner. Running back 10. The, the guy hasn't – sure, he's had a couple of finishes like up in that altitude, but they're few and far between. It's been a while. And the, exactly. And that's why you just can't – you can't go into this one – you know, with the expectation that he's going to finish as an RB one on the week. I, I think even if he gets in the end zone, that's necessarily, or that's not necessarily going to get the job done either. And, um, you know, you alluded to it, Jay, it's not, you know, it's not the toughest matchup on the ground, but it's not a great one either. And I, I just don't see it getting going. I mean, this Pittsburgh team struggled to run the ball the entire season. So, you know, there's more of an issue there with that offense, that offensive line, their whole philosophy than I think, you know, a lot of people want to give credit to, uh, especially since we associate the Pittsburgh Steelers with being a, you know, a team that can run the ball and play defense. And that's just not the case this season, at least for the running the ball part. Yes, sir. And we've got another Philadelphia. Well, we've got another Pennsylvania running back in Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles running back, Miles Sanders, uh, as our next sell this week. The Eagles are at home versus the Saints this Sunday, 425 p.m. Saints are a seven point favorite, uh, and the over under is 44. The aggregate projection for Miles Sanders is RB16, not too terribly high. Total foresight is barely selling that. We've got him as RB18. However, the Eagles running backs have the worst running back foresight strength to schedule this week. Uh, the Philly O-line has the 21st ranked run block advantage. And the forecast, according to the Weather Channel app, is going to be 58 and 40% chance of rain. Uh, so it shouldn't be too bad. But Miles hasn't been... RB 16 or better since week five. And this week he gets a rookie quarterback's first start and he has to go up against new Orleans, very tough run defense. So there's just no way I'm betting on a high end RB two performance from him this week. So I got to sell. Can I abstain from this vote? Nope. Just sell. I sell. (laughs) Steve, you're up. Yep. No, I'm I'm there too, you know. I'm, I really don't care how excited Miles Sanders is to be involved in, uh, you know, the RPO game with, you know, Jalen Hurts. Like I, I it doesn't matter. Um, I, I believe this entire season the Saints have only yielded six, like a, an RB sixteen finish to maybe I think it's one running back period, and it, it's not going to be Miles Sanders being the second one. So. Yeah, this is one where you definitely um, manage your expectations. I, I'm surprised if Miles Sanders even finishes in R, as an RB two this week. Um, I, I think it's going to be a it's one of the toughest matchups of running back and draw really. So uh, yeah, I'll stay away, and I definitely have to sell. And you know, sorry to just continue to be chalk, but you know, I had a chance to look these over like a good hour and a half of it in advance of getting on tonight, and. It it is tough to go against uh, the logic and total foresight here. You know, and when you think back, Miles Sanders was drafted as an RB1 this and and to think Mm. that you can't even count on him to be an RB2 in week 14 heading into the playoffs, that's just super disappointing and not at all what I expect, you know, heading into the season as far as Miles Sanders is concerned, so... Uh, just just a surprise and disappointment there. Just uh, just like most things that has to do with the Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Systems, don't worry. You know, don't worry. Their, their their cap situation is great, so they'll be able to recover from all this with no problem. Right. Worst exactly. worst cap situation in the league. Right. Guys. Worst cap situ- situation in the yep. league. Sounds about right. Need a good GM. <laughs> um, 
Thanks. Next, next cell heading into week 14 is Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Uh, the Bengals are at home versus Dallas Sunday at 1 p.m. Dallas is a three and a half point favorite with an over under of 43 and a half. The aggregate projection for Tyler Boyd is wide for 24. Total foresight is just slightly selling that. We've got wide receiver 26 for him this week, but he has the third worst wide receiver foresight strength of schedule this week. The Bengals O line has the 29th ranked pass block advantage and he himself Tyler Boyd has the 15th ranked individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grade Uh, it's going to be 41 and clear as far as the weather goes however whether it's Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley Tyler Boyd can't be happy about who's throwing him the football at this point in the season and I just can't get behind buying any Bengals offensive player at this point for the rest of the year sell for me all right uh yeah you know what tyler boyd had a good game last week too uh so that makes normally that would make me want to chase those points and say i saw him do it last week he's going up against a porous dallas defense sure he can do it again but this season has taught me to be smarter than that and know that it's he can't do it with consistency and neither can this Bengals offense. And yes, it makes too much sense that he did it last week, so why wouldn't he be able to repeat that performance against a very terrible Dallas defense? But like I said, I'm smarter than that than that now, so I'm going to go ahead and sell him against a price tag of WR24. Yeah, so um, as you guys are well aware of, as myself being the uh, Tyler Boyd rosterer in uh, our league of record, uh, I definitely had a cl- continue to have a close eye on him and his whole situation. Of course, when Joe Burrow went down, you know, I, I fell for Joe, Joe Burrow, but I also fell for myself in our <laughs> league of record because I was like, uh, don't well, lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I instantly was like, no, Ryan Finley time, or I guess Brandon Allen off the practice squad. Either way, it's terrible. But on a on a good note, um, you know, in last week's game, he had four targets um, pretty much in the first quarter. So they definitely tried to get him involved early on. He had that, what, 72-yard touchdown, catch and run, and then he got ejected for, you know, in my opinion, a kind of a weak penalty, but whatever. Uh, that was so, really weird. Yeah, it was that whole game was weird. Um, all the extra activity, but anyways, my my point is, uh, I think that he is definitely like the guy offensively for them to throw the ball to. But like some of the stats Ben alluded to, offensive line terrible. I mean, quarterback play terrible. You would think that this would be a bright spot kind of a matchup, but then the one non-turd in the entire Dallas secondary happens to be their slot cornerback who will be the guy that plays on Tyler Boyd. So you have to really temper expectations. And, you know, this is one where just because this entire time I have been chalk all the way, and I do feel like Total Foresight has this one right, but I'm just going to double down on my Tyler Boyd share in our league of record and say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and buy him uh, finishing, you know, higher than that wide receiver 26 mark. I'll, I'll, I'm going to put I'll put him in the top 20 this week. I, I'd love to see that, like anyways. It. Nice. Total Foresight did go 5-0 and in our cells last week. So yeah, they always they, yeah, they hardly miss cells. <laughs> nice. Ben's like, yeah. just got another game on you, Steve-O. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got one on me last week, 
So I was hoping to get one on you this week. And uh, I got to be honest, I like my chances on that one. So uh, moving on to our last sell this week might be a little boring because it's the same guy we had on here. But you have to buy or beware, guys. It is the fantasy playoffs. You can't leave any stone unturned. And, you know, it is a trap. Do not fall for it. Philadelphia Eagles tight end Zach Ertz. You know, he is supposed to be tight end seven. We are selling that. We have him as tight end 12, and I'm honestly not even sure about that. He's got the worst foresight strength of schedule this week. Philly O-line has the 19th ranked uh, pass block advantage this week. He has the 21st ranked tight end matchup grade. And in his first week back from injury last week, Zach Ertz was yet again outperformed by his counterpart, Dallas Goddard. And yet once again, Ertz's aggregate projection is tight end seven, while Goddard's is just tight end 17. Uh, So you've got Ertz underperforming all season long. And now you have Jalen Hurts's first start against the Saints. Tight end seven feels deceptive, and I don't like it. Sell, Sell just sell, just sell, just sell. (laughs) just sell all the eagles seriously for picks can people buy them please so it's funny i have exactly two words in my notes on this one vomit sell that's it we can move on i mean it's just total name recognition like tight end seven is exactly no he is not he's not even somebody that i would want to stream this week like I, I but I buy Goddard at tight end seventeen for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, even with not knowing the you know the uh, the unknown as far as what it's going to be like right. with the Jalen Hurts yeah. offense, yeah, I would still based on what Dallas Goddard has been consistently doing right. all season long. Exactly. Tight end seventeen would be an easy buy for yep. sure. Uh, so that does it for this week's edition of buys and sells versus their aggregate projections. Now, listen up. If you've got some middling wide receiver four, wide receiver five at the end of your bench, uh, listen to Steve's speculative stashes and his stash and dash theory. Uh, because, you know, if you are looking ahead to next week now and you just go out as a free agent before kickoff and you're cycling through guys, if the right things happen during a game, all of a sudden you have what would have been the most coveted waiver wire target the next week, and you already have them just sitting on your bench for free. So uh, without further ado, Steve, who are your speculative stashes heading into week 14? And yeah, um, like you just alluded to, Ben, and we'll go ahead and uh, start this week off a, a little differently because normally I'll go through some quarterback and uh, DST streamers that you might want to stash, you know, a week or two in advance of, uh, you know, especially here with the playoffs. Um you, you want to go get your guys early and not like leave that to chance. But um, we'll go ahead and talk about the uh, stash and dash strategy that, um, you know, I've kind of adopted and been using for quite a while now. And, you know, that's, that's basically, you know, if you play in a league where you're not getting charged, you know, any type of money, there's no penalty for transactions. In my mind, take advantage of that. Uh, if you're active, you should be active in your league. You want to be a league leader in transactions. And here's some of the reason why, you know, you're going to want to go into the Thursday night game and just say, Hey, are there any backup running backs from either of these two teams that should the RB one on that team go down would stand to be, you know, the person who will handle the lion's share of the workload moving forward. Cause we all know in fantasy football, those running backs, I mean, they're, they're instant starters in your roster. I mean, they're, they're pretty much any of those guys are going to be an instant. I mean, you look at Gio Bernardi and people will rank him as an RB2 for goodness sake. So um, you look for those guys 
And say you pick up a guy, there's no injury that occurs. Okay, well, they're sitting on your bench. They're droppable. Drop them. Look at the 1 p.m. slate on Sunday. Find a backup running back. Pick that guy up. Stash him. There's no injury that occurs. Fine. He's sitting at the end of your bench. Drop him in anticipation of picking up a guy who's playing in the 425 p.m. slate on Sunday. And you do this into Sunday night, Monday night. This year, it's been into Tuesday night, even one week, Wednesday night. But the point is, you're doing this all week long. Um, It actually, you know, it adds an extra little element of joy during those, you know, various games throughout the week, you know, you have like a little, you know, Ben, you've alluded to it before. You kind of call it like a little scratch off ticket. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it doesn't, especially if you're in a league where there's no transaction fees, it doesn't cost you a thing. You should be doing it. Just be active, go out there and look and see who's available Add guys. Cause you never know when there's going to be that injury. And then boom, you have a somebody that you're like, wow, I'm going to start that guy next week. And We've talked about it every single week. Who are the most, like, what position is the most desirable position every single week when it comes to putting in your fab bids, your waiver priority bids? It's, it's the running back position. Whoever, even if it's a guy who, you know, fancy managers think can give them one week for maybe one win, uh, people bid high for that. So do that all week, every week. Do it throughout the fancy playoffs. You don't know it might help you win a fantasy championship here this postseason. So, you know, I, I definitely wanted to lead this week, especially with it being, you know, week 14, first round of the playoffs for a lot of fantasy managers. I just wanted to start out with that. Now, um, for anyone who wants to go over to fancyforesight.com, our website, and check out the Foresight Encyclopedia tab, I've been keeping, starting as of a couple of weeks ago, kind of like a running list of highly available. So these are like lower roster shared uh, quarterbacks and DSTs, just kind of looking ahead in advance of uh, who'd be available that would have a good matchup. And, you know, for everyone that's listening, you know, your league best, you know, how many fancy managers in your league are rostering, how many quarterbacks, how competitive the quarterback pool is. I've seen it all over the place this season with it being a COVID-19 type of season. There's some leagues where, Teams are pretty much every team is rostering two quarterbacks. So it's very thin. Um, But I've also seen some very competitive expert leagues where no one's willing to roster more than one quarterback. So when I do go over some of these quarterback names, just understand these guys are available, like highly available. And um, you, depending on your league, you may or may not want to touch these guys. (laughs) I'll just put it that way. So um, I'll just start out with the guys from week 15 And if you want to see my uh, quarterbacks and DSTs for week 16, just check out our website because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here uh, live on the podcast. So uh, for week 15, looking ahead, because we're heading into week 14, this is just to beat that waiver wire rush. uh, I really like Phillip Rivers, quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. He's still only rostered in 40% of leagues. And, uh, you know, Rivers just got off of having a very – very highly serviceable fantasy day at 285 yards, two scores against Houston this past Sunday. And in week 15, that's exactly who he's playing once again. Only this time he's going to play them at home at the RCA Dome. And what I really like about Rivers and what I like about having him as somebody you'd want to go grab and possibly stream in week 15 is I think he offers a really nice floor. He's averaging 38.1 pass attempts over his last eight contests. And when you look at that kind of volume coupled with the matchup, and given the fact that we have a little, you know, 
like T.Y. Hilton's kind of revitalized. Michael Pittman Jr. is kind of emerging as a rookie wide receiver. He's got some weapons. So, you know, while I think he offers a floor of what we kind of just saw against Houston with the 285 and two touchdowns, there's also that chance that he can go over 300 and have three plus scores. You aren't going to bank on that, but I think what you can bank on is having that floor. So that's kind of why I like Rivers. And like I said, he's highly available. Now, this next guy for week 15, I'm not recommending you run out and add him, but just hear me out. Again, depending on your league and how competitive it is, I think this is a guy that sneakily offers a very safe floor, not as much upside as Rivers. But if based on your roster construction, if you are looking for a safe floor, consider Alex Smith, quarterback of the Washington football team. And here's why. For one, he's only rostered 9% of leagues, which probably isn't that surprising. But for two, they're hosting the Seattle Seahawks. So in that particular matchup, there, there is no other way that you try to attack Seattle other than through the air. And bear in mind, Washington, they're actually fighting to win the NFC East. They're very much alive in that, in, in that divisional race right now. And we just saw this past Monday night. If Washington has to, minus an Antonio Gibson, they will let Alex Smith throw the ball 40-plus times. It is what it is. But what I like about Alex Smith, he will not take sacks. Look at J.D. McKissick getting double-digit targets week in and week out. Look at what Logan Thomas is getting at the tight end position. And he doesn't throw interceptions. So that's why I feel like he does offer like a stable floor. He's not going to smash you. He's not going to ruin your postseason. And that's why I kind of like to throw him out there as a name that you could look at. Again, if you need to. Don't run out and do it. But I do think he's somebody that's worth mentioning because I think he just a lot of people wouldn't probably give him the time or day. And I, I also want to mention, keep your eye on the injury reports. If Antonio Gibson is going to be out for that game, which he very well may be, he's looks like he's not going to play this week. They can't run the football without him. So they will have only one way to win that game against Seattle. And it's going to be throw and throw often. And then we'll switch it over really quick to, Week 15 DST streamer options. And I just have two of them. And Ben, you should love this first one. And that is the Cleveland Browns, only rostered in 38% of leagues. And here's why I like them, because they're heading to the Meadowlands to play the New York Giants, which is now a primetime Sunday night football game since Cleveland got flexed there. And what I like about it is more than likely turnover machine Daniel Jones should be the quarterback of the New York Giants in this one. Obviously, both teams have a lot to play for, but, you know, Cleveland's defense, they're getting healthier. They should have Denzel Ward back um, by this point in time. And then Miles Garrett should hopefully be back to 100% himself at that point in time. And I think just him alone versus that line and Daniel Jones, there are turnovers and sacks just waiting to happen. And that's what you look for. You look for bad offenses with quarterback play that is bad and turnover prone. So I really like Cleveland. So if you're looking to stash a defense that you can roll out, they're highly available. Go grab them now. And then I also really like, uh, lastly, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, their DST is only rostered currently in 20%. And I'm sorry, I always mean to mention this earlier, Yahoo Leagues. Um, so it will vary a little bit platform to platform, but I mean, gosh, guys, they're going to be playing the Eagles, hosting the Eagles. And unless Jalen Hurts is so terrible this week that they have to 
go back to Carson Wentz, which would be saying a lot because we know once you turn that page in that book, you don't turn back. Um, that's all you look for in a matchup, really. I mean, you have a rookie quarterback that'll be on the road, a, a terrible team, a terrible offense. And I think that the Eagles season, if it isn't already lost, it will certainly be lost by next week. So, you know, you just kind of target those kind of matchups. So that's why I really like uh, Arizona in week 15. So, um, you know, one last reminder, if you want to see who I have uh, for quarterbacks and DSTs for week 16, it's posted out there right now. And I'm sure that we'll talk about it uh, extensively next week on uh, next week's podcast. Love it, Steve. And uh, yeah, it's a great, great concept. Uh, just, to, you know, you got ahead of this and had all of the week 14, 15, 16 quarterback defense you know all the yeah. typical streamer positions charted out so you know i think that's been great for everybody's uh foresight and ability to plan ahead <laughs> for their fantasy playoffs uh so great work out of you and definitely uh be sure to go to fantasyforesight.com check out the foresight encyclopedia tab and all his great work there so jay before we get out of here do you have anything else sir no man just two weeks left in the fantasy season yeah. by all accounts crazy yeah. I mean, home stretch, it's nuts. It, it seems like we just started yesterday. Uh, there's been times where I felt like it's, a, you know, a drug on forever, uh, you know, but it, I, like you said, it's a, it's, it's a little sad to know that just, it, you know, this is the th- three episodes left, this one and now just two more. And then, you know, the fantasy season's over once again. So um, enjoy the playoffs, both in fantasy, and then we'll get to enjoy the real playoffs, hopefully with the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. uh, showing up and showing out there. Uh, but either way, we will be back with you next Thursday to discuss a whole new list of buys and sells versus the aggregate projections heading into your semifinal week of the playoffs in week 15. Can't wait. And that wraps up this episode of Fantasy Foresight, the podcast. We thank you for joining us. Be sure to visit us, as always, at FantasyForesight.com. Use the links at the bottom of the page to find us across social media, including Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you pod. 